Welcome, welcome. This is Behind the Wheels, a podcast for all my music lovers out there. I am DJ Artistic. I am a DJ based here in Los Angeles, California. I would like to introduce you all to my co-host, E.B., What's going on, everybody? I am E.B., the musicologist, a writer, blogger, and a content creator based in Brooklyn, New York. There it goes. And it says behind the wheels. So we'd like to talk about everything past, present, and future regarding black music. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. So as far as the uh, catch up, it hasn't been a whole, whole lot going on the last uh, week and a half. I would say since we are recording this before the Super Bowl. As we always do, just for fun, we can kind of talk as if we just saw the Super Bowl performance, mm-hmm. even though we haven't seen it yet. So let's just fake it real quick. All right, so man, <laughs> EB, how'd you feel about that Super Bowl performance? You know, we had the legends in the building. We had, you know, Snoop, Kendrick, and Dre representing the West. Yeah. We had Eminem and Mary. So how'd you feel about it? Um, Not that I've seen it yet, but I have a hunch <laughs> that Mary's going to do Family Affair, and I know that was a big yeah. thing. People hate that song now i don't hate it I mean, because it's a really big song for her and i'm i'm glad that you know it's been it's literally been 20 21 years since it 21. came out yeah um, yes and it's she's still doing her thing with it dre is actually somebody that i've never seen perform live ever he is the probably the only one wow. uh, on the lineup i've never seen him perform so very curious about uh the energy that he's going to bring snoop is uh, at this point i was going to say america's uncle he is like <laughs> earth's uncle yeah. earth's cool Earth. as weed smoking uncle <laughs> and then you got kendrick who <laughs> is honestly if in the conversation of like greatest of all time yeah. i'm not going to put him there yet but he has the potential to to do some damage like he's even on it. even you know just how many albums does he have now i think uh if you count them all, I mean, if you count them all, Section 80, then Good Kid, then Pimp a Butterfly, then uh, Damn. Really just four official albums. Four album official Section. albums. Okay. Yeah. With those yeah. four albums, though, like the talent that he displays on those four albums is like greater than the talent that some people who've been in the industry 20 plus years, you yeah. know, they are able to do. So I salute him for that. Eminem is... A wild card and like you said if eminem yeah. focused more on just making good music instead of trying to prove that he belongs or that he is a yeah. rapper's rapper i think it'd be better but super bowl halftime show i'm just glad we got to see all these legends on one stage because you we yeah. don't get that a whole lot so salute to all four all four of them yes uh seriously i feel like uh, one thing about it, uh, when it comes to those performances, I realize that it is Super Bowl, so you have to think about the audience watching. So, like one thing about Mary, just like a lot of our artists, but especially with her, her biggest crossover songs are not our favorites. Right. Our meaning our, you know, of course. So. Right. I feel like I saw a video of um some um some newscaster, uh, a middle aged white guy dancing to, to Just Fine. <laughs> he, he was grooving. He he had he he clapped on the two and the four. I'm like, he got some soul to him. So he. He was rocking to it. So whoever whoever he was, and it showed that those songs do cross over the most. But if you have an actual, a certain type of black crowd, they want to hear the You Bring Me Joys and the Be Happy. That's and the, the, that's yeah. like the thing about Mary. You know, everybody's always like, they like Sad Mary. They love Sad Mary. Yeah, sad Mary's music true. isn't the best performing music, you know, chart-wise. Mm, what people love is true. songs like Just Fine, songs like Family Affair, 
Be without you. Yeah, her biggest song was a a happy, happy song. Exactly. Like they they want that, and I'm not sure what it says about the culture. And this is a whole. This is another topic for another drop. We gonna we gonna have to do. But why is it that the songs that we are not in love with end up becoming like the biggest hits of an artist's career? I don't yeah. know. What, I don't know what that is. We got uh, that's a good one for the drop next time. So we, we yeah, can, we can table that one. So yeah. So once again, I'm happy to see everybody came together. I mean, plus for LA, the date was uh, February 13th, two one three. That's the uh, LA original area oh. code. So it was just okay. The, the Rams played, you know, and they they won. I hope they yeah hope they won. Yeah, they should have won that. So, but yeah, so that's what it was. So so moving on into it. So let's get into that um, rewind segment. <laughs> Our rewind segment, we like to highlight artists from the past who made their impact. Some may be unsung, some may be um, acknowledged as legends, but either way, we want to give them their flowers uh, either way. So for this episode, E.B., who would you like to highlight for your rewind? Um, it's it's kind of crazy that I'm saying it's the rewind, but I got to highlight Eric Benet um, just because he's been in the game for so long, even longer than I realized, honestly. And yeah. he is still like doing his thing. Um, he was born in Alabama, but raised in uh, Milwaukee. So he has that close mm. proximity to Chicago. So he, you know, the Chicago soul movement that was going on when he was growing up. But he started his career in the '80s. He was a part of a, a group called Gerard, and I then know that. yeah, wow. people don't even know. Then huh. he, his sister, and his cousin George, who actually writes and produces for him still today, they started a group called Benet. And they released the debut album in 1992. And I actually listened to it today. Really? It's actually not a bad album. I feel like it came out maybe a year too late because by 92, you know, hip hop soul had started coming and it was kind of heavy on New Jack. Um, It was still New Jack. Yeah, it was still real New Jack. They hadn't quite gotten that hip hop soul yet, but they released that one album Mm. in 92 and then their father died. And then Eric's girlfriend and the mother of his child died um, in 93. So, Mm. you know, that left him as a single father. What he did was he went and he signed a solo deal with Warner Brothers. Um, And that's when we started getting the Eric Benet that we know today. A lot of people don't know that he was in those groups. But that's when we started getting um, dreadlock, no shoes wearing (laughs) Eric Benet. You know, (laughs) when he really stepped into his neo-soulness. He released his solo debut. It's called True to Myself. In '96, and the biggest song from that is "Femininity." Um, yeah. Every every man at karaoke thinks that he could be Eric Benet <laughs> and is trying to serenade the women, trying to hit the notes. Man. I mean, I've been one of those people who've been up there trying to sing that song and hit the notes. I gotta see that. I gotta Listen, see you do that one. It, it, it's, it's a good time. But um, before that, in '95, he actually released "Let's Stay Together," and that was on the Thin Line Between Love and Hate soundtrack. Um, wow. And then, you know, from the same album of the same title, True to Myself, the next year he released uh, True to Myself on the Batman and Robin soundtrack. So he was he was mm. doing his thing and people don't realize that. The other big song from the album was Spiritual Thing. Spiritual Thing. That's yeah, that's the right real, that's a Stone Cold groove. He released yeah. his second album in 99, but um, I know everybody talks about Spend My Life With You. Like him and Tamia, yeah, that was you know like the wedding song for a minute and everybody's in love with it but my favorite from that album was probably georgie porgy with faith evans mm, you know that total okay. remake you know they they did yeah. that remake so perfectly um also on the album he had come as you are but 
When You Think of Me is the song he had with there. Roy Ayers. I remember the video yeah. vividly. Like, I always picture Eric as being an unsung face of Neo Soul because he really huh. embraced, um, well, I don't think he embraced it. I think the industry at that time, they sold Neo Soul uh. a certain way, you know, natural hair and... I remember Eric with his locks and on stage <laughs> with no shoes. And I was just like, oh, okay, yeah. you know, like beaded yeah. jewelry. I was like, okay, he's doing something different. He was actually supposed to release his third album in 2001 called Better and Better. But they mm. shelved it. Warner Brothers shelved it. We don't know why wow. still. He left and on his next album called Hurricane was in 2005. Um, some of those songs actually made the album. Um, the biggest one is probably <laughs> I Want to Be Loved. Um, yeah. And then Pretty Baby. So these songs, these are songs that he recorded in 2000, 2001 that were just being released in 2005, but they still blew up and really like did a lot for his career. Like I Want to Be Loved was everywhere. So in total, he's released yeah. eight albums between 1996 and 2016. That's a 20 year span. He's released eight wow. albums and he's not done. He's had songs like You're the Only One. Sometimes yeah. I Cry when he hit that 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 real, that Elder Barge falsetto. <laughs> yeah. He got real love. Um, the man has four Grammy nominations, no wins yet. He deserves one. Uh, yeah. And little known fact, he's actually married to and has uh, two children by Prince's ex-wife. So like really? that's the I Prince and Eric Benet connection. Yeah, they've been married for a minute. That's crazy because I, I actually met him at the Prince Memorial, crazy enough. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So oh, that was, okay. That was almost, yeah, six Dirty years ago now. Bobby Womack? I mean, I mean... Hey, Prince Prince has so many Prince ain't tripping. Yeah, he was yeah, Prince wasn't no. tripping. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. tripping at all. Yeah, but, but Eric, so you mentioned uh when you think of me, because the thing with me with Eric, like when he first came out, we were kids basically. So I remember spiritual thing and mm -hmm. femininity, and I was just too young to even understand those songs to really like feel them. Especially <laughs> femininity was just like, all right, this this my uncle music. Like this ain't for me yet. But then I was in high school and he dropped the um other so I heard Georgie Porgy. Then I'm with my yeah. dad one day rolling around. We heard when you think of me, and as soon as the beat dropped, it's like this is different. It had that blues type of feel, but it was modernized. And yeah, the I, bass I on that song, yeah, is crazy. That bass is sick, and it's then crazy. I had no idea that, that uh, Roy Ayers was gonna pop up on this. So you hear him pop in, I'm like, oh, this is fire. Yeah, my dad bought the album that same day. He drove to the store after hearing that song. Like, who is this? Eric Benet? Who is he? All right, I'm buying that. So. <laughs> we had that album just based off of off of that one song. Off of so, that song. Yeah. yeah. So one thing with Eric, I feel like he definitely, I'll say it. I mean, it's sad to say, maybe if you want to say sad or not, but mm -hmm. the whole thing with Halle Berry kind of makes a lot of folks kind of yeah. look, it was kind a of disregard scandal. him. Yeah. yeah. And it's it like, I get it as far as being a fan of, of her and supporting black women. But I mean, as far as the music that he's done, like it still stands up. Like he was a type that... As you said, he probably learned his lesson back in 92, dropping the uh, Benet album and kind of making it more trendy because since yep. then, nothing he's made has been trendy. It's like, even with Georgie Porgy, it was very modern sounding. It sounds like 99 for sure, as far as those mm -hmm. drums during the break, but it's still a take on a classic song. So he had enough instrumentation and, and musicality and everything he's done since then. So all the songs you've mentioned going back to the 90s and the mid 2000s, like Crazy. nothing sounds dated at all. Like nothing, because it all had... It has that that um that musicality to it. It has those Absolutely. live instruments. It has the bass lines, the changes that we look for. So it absolutely. It and I think that yeah. was the first thing that stuck out to me. Um, listening to the Benet album, the album from the group he was in with his sister and his cousin. Um, mm. my first thought was, 
this can't be Eric Benet. This sounds dated because nothing that <laughs> wow. he does sounds dated. Like you can put on any, yeah. of, any of those songs that we talked about earlier. You can put yeah, on seriously. any of them right now and people will still go up for them. Like people still exactly. talk about Georgie Porgy like it's brand yeah. new. I mean, Faith did her, she did her thing, but yeah. you know, Eric really crafts these projects that are uh, timeless. And I think a lot of artists could learn from that. Yeah, for sure. And even just seeing, um, I'm sure you saw him and Tamia just redid um, Spill Life in My Life yeah. on like a Zoom or something last year. And <laughs> I'll play that on Twitch. Like, this is just dope seeing that they, they both got vocals still. They still have vocals, yeah. but that was in 1999 when yeah. that song like really blew up, but they can still get together, sing it um, without like, you know, a big band or a stage or anything and still sound yeah. great. Like, I think that really says Pure. a lot about number one their talent but also just about the song and um people's feeling around the song in general is like this yeah. is classic this is real music it really is uh, i did my first wedding this year sunday and i played that song before it came out so it's like <laughs> it's it's not going anywhere ever so it's one mm -hmm. of those songs so yeah salute to eric benet for sure one of my favorites there so my pick for this episode is going to be George Clinton. So hey, I feel we, like I got gotta... Mark or something. I don't know, but I don't want to <laughs> offend have... nobody. You ain't trying to offend nobody. Yeah, yeah, you go to Howard. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know how they get. Yeah. Like, you know, we saw what happened with Insecure. So let me just yeah, give them a shout a out. Bit. Yeah, you know, what I mean, put on a Laker jersey or something real quick. Yeah, it's right, I can do that. At least <laughs> something like it. So yeah, with George Clinton, I mean, the reason I picked him is because I mean, we just had the, the G Funk. Um, Super Bowl halftime and G Funk came from P Funk. So it's like with that, George Clinton is one of those. Um, also, because it was a, a convo last week about musical geniuses. And it's where I think, for whatever reason, with us being, you know, the, the types who are the young old heads, like we grew up on hip hop, RB, we love all the, the modern day producers, but it's hard for me to personally call a lot of them geniuses. It's like mm -hmm. a lot of them are very prolific, and it's a difference. Prolific means you put a lot of music out. But to me, genius means that you transcended everything that was out at the time, that you made stuff that was so much different from everything else out that even later on, people look back and they can see that you made a huge mark. Right. Of course, people always talk about Prince. They always talk about Stevie. That's the main two you hear about yeah. geniuses. You hear about James Brown. Uh, Mike, you don't hear about Mike as a genius as far as uh, producing-wise, but as far as him being an overall talent, of course. But yeah. to me, I feel like George Clinton is right there when it comes to just... Absolutely. Overall brilliance, overall like what he did at the time and the way he did it, I feel like he did, he deserves to be mentioned. Of course, I'm not gonna say he's as legendary as a Stevie or Prince, of course, but it's like when it comes to just his pure musical talent, whether it was got aided it. by some um, psychedelics or not, <laughs> whatever it was that got him there, it got him there. So with George, we know that he was actually um, basically came from New Jersey, which is kind of funny because. Uh, as much as the West Coast loves funk, the two main artists that we love the most came from Ohio and New Jersey. So, of course, uh, oh, that's Roger, Roger came from Ohio yeah. and George came from uh, New Jersey. And with that, uh, him, him growing up out there, I'm not sure how that influenced exactly the, the funk side of him. But a lot of folks don't realize that he came from uh, before he had Parliament Funkadelic, he had the Parliaments. And that mm -hmm. was like a doo-wop style group yep. back in the 60s. And I didn't know this until a few years ago because I think somebody might have had it on Twitter. When I heard the song, it's like, yeah, it was a regular 60s sounding doo-wop song. And I never even thought about what did George Clinton sound like before he became <laughs> what he was. Because just like Prince, before Prince sounded like Prince, he sounded like James Brown and whoever else. And, yep. and Michael Jackson sounded more like uh, Smokey and probably even Frankie Lyman and those types. So it's like, for me to be able to hear what George Clinton used to sound like was kind of dope. But just from reading his history, he was a staff writer from, from Motown back in the... Uh, 
the, the mid late sixties. Oh wow! Yeah. I didn't know that he wrote for Motown, so it's like he had that backing. But it took him a while to, to find success on his own. And once he got with the once he created the the conglomeration of Parliament Funkadelic, it was just well, a whole it. new level. I feel like everything that he did, especially just the um, his use of synthesizers, he, he was really one of the first artists to use those mm-hmm. those synths, especially in the seventies, especially being American, because a lot of times when we think about synthesizers. We think about really the post disco era, about more so. I'm like always thinking 80s. 80s. Yeah. Yeah, straight 80s. But when you hear it, the way he used it in the mid 70s, mm-hmm. and the crazy thing is, it sounds more modern than what was done in the 80s. Mm. When you hear these songs he did like Flashlight, when you hear Knee Deep, <laughs> the way he's using these bass lines and these um these types of like like keyboard synths, it's like he used them in a crazy way. They still sound so dope that a lot of folks still kind of joke about the West Coast not being over that sound and still using it because mm-hmm. we got new artists who still use that same type of sound. And even YG will still put a, a new song out every once in a while that sounds just like George Clinton. So it's like, it shows you how, how ahead of his time that he was. So uh, one thing that I didn't understand growing up was, what is it? Is Parliament Funkadelic the same thing? Because I would I would have my dad's old records and I'm like, this one says Parliament. This one says Funkadelic. Yeah. But, he basically kind of used two different styles with two different groups. So certain songs do sound similar. Like basically what it was, was like Parliament made the Give Up the Funk, the Flashlight, the Aqua Boogie, while Funkadelic made like One Nation Under a Groove and Knee Deep. And it's mm-hmm. like overall, they sound similar enough, but I think he was a, l- a little bit more experimental on the Funkadelic side from what I saw. He had more of a kind of a psychedelic rock style sometimes that he would use. And mm-hmm. one thing I will say about George Clinton, just like a lot of artists from that era, it's kind of hard to digest his full albums because he was so experimental. Some of those songs are out there. <laughs> Some of those album cuts you hear. I mean, like, okay, like you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta be yeah. in the space that he was in when he created them. So that means yeah. you need some yeah. psychedelics so you can take it all in. Exactly. That's how I feel sometimes. But one thing I can say is that um, I'm happy I was born in the mid '80s, but I kind of wish I was born in the '60s just to see him live because. Just talking to some of my some of my friends, uh, mm-hmm. their parents and uncles and aunties, like they said, his live performances were the act, act, absolute no best that you would see. I've seen videos of him performing, whether it was at um at um was it called in New York Madison Square to mm-hmm. the Forum in Inglewood, and him bringing the real spaceship out and seeing the the band members playing in diapers. It looks so crazy, but. I can tell the grooves there is just unleashed. Listen, like you were talking about musical geniuses earlier, and I think um, two other um, attributes that they would have would be number one, the concept behind the music you're making. And you talked about yeah. him bringing that the spaceship out there, like Funkadelic and Parliament, Parliament Funkadelic. Like there was a concept that the whole collective had, and, and George pioneered all of that. And the second actually is your ability to adapt with technology and how you use that like you think about stevie and how he was he was using technology you think about um roger troutman and the way he used technology think about prince like it's the way you use technology um when you're creating and george all the way genius i saw i saw him live once and this was Mm. maybe five years ago longer than that actually and it but it was um what I loved about it was his grandchildren were on stage. And yeah, they, they were part of the yeah they were part of the group, and I think they've taken over now. But it was it was like almost like watching the passing of a baton. Like okay, mm. like you could see how much he still loved performing, but also he was excited for his grandkids to take over. 
I yeah. wish, like you said, I wish I would have gotten to see him like in the 70s, like in his prime, because I know his shows were no joke. He actually had one of my favorite singers. Um, her name is Belita Woods. One yeah. of my favorite singers before she passed, she was touring with him. And I've watched so many performances on YouTube of of, of them like all performing. And it's crazy. Like it's it almost like a circus. Like there was so much going on. Like and it is a lot. Part. Like it was like all at <laughs> once. And you just had to take it yeah. in. So I love George Clinton. Yeah, George has so much heat. And the fact that he's always been been so eager to, to work with the new artists, as you said, he loves to pass that baton. So the yeah. fact that like George Clinton, I mean, I'm sorry that Dr. Dre, obviously, um, I'll say Dre's biggest influence was definitely George. And with that. Seeing that um that George would love to rock live with Dre and do songs with Dre doing those remixes because like just hearing "Let Me Ride" just the, the way Dre flipped out was mm. so genius. And then seeing George hop back on that with them and he's done tracks with, of course, uh, Snoop and Kendrick and everybody else, Childish right. Gambino. Yeah, and I feel like it's always been a dope thing that he'll he'll still hop on on tracks with these artists and even even with Cocaine, the uh, Cocaine spelled K O K A N E, who is basically Snoop's artist from the early 2000s who sounded exactly like George. He was like a George clone that probably Snoop said, all right, let me get, get a young version of George to, to be on my music. Mm -hmm. George did tracks with him. And um, one thing a lot of folks don't realize is that George has a song with Prince. Oh, I didn't even know that. And this song, that song is straight funk. It's called Paradigm. It's mm. it's one of those songs, that, like imagine the best of Prince and George together. And like Prince playing a guitar on it. Like it's one of those Random grooves, as you would expect. There's not really any verse. There's no real structure. Yeah, they just kind of talking, like they talking, saying little jokes mm -hmm. out of nowhere. They singing something, then the, the beat changes up some. Like it's one of those tracks that just makes me wish that if we could have had a whole full album from Prince and George, I would have just I would have lost my mind on that. I I'm sitting here yeah. trying to imagine them both together on one track, like and yeah. I what it's. The thing that's dope about it is that it never ever blew up because it sounds so true to that funk sound that it it had no intentions of being a, a commercial radio hit. Oh, like, when you hear it, you'll get cut. it. Yeah. It's straight album cut that, that people don't even know about. But if you if you love both of them, there's no way to uh, to, to not rock with it. Wow. And that's it's I mean Paradigm, yeah. Paradigm. But I mean, just his yeah. longevity alone. Like this is a man who started out in a doo-wop group. Doo-wop yeah. groups were big in the 50s. So 50s, yeah. This is a man who started in a doo-wop group and yeah. his influence like through decades. So that's the 50s. Here we are today, 2022, and his influence is like <laughs> strong today. I mean, it yeah. really started picking up in the 70s, but today it's, it's stronger than it's ever been. And I love yeah. the fact that he's always embraced hip-hop. Like always, always embraced the artists. And I don't think a lot of people from his era always did that, but I'm happy Not they did, yeah. yeah. He always did, and of course, he he was uh, side by side with Bootsy Collins. So of course, between both of them, they had so much stuff that they made that was so classic. In the same way, Bootsy always rocked with the with the youth as well. So it's dope seeing that they both get love because Bootsy, of course, is all over that Silk Sonic project. So yep, yep. It's dope seeing both of them do their thing now. So salutes to, to the le uh, the legendary George Clinton. So uh -huh. from there, let's go ahead and get into that fast forward segment. So. Uh, the fast forward segment, we like to highlight artists who are making waves, who are on the come up right now. So, uh, EB, who would you like to highlight for this episode? Uh, this episode, I got uh, this guy named Kyle Dion. Um, oh, yeah. Who I honestly just discovered 
So I was kind of okay. blown away, like, oh, I'm late. Everybody else been on, but I'm late now. That's what's up. It happens uh, sometimes. You know, and also yeah. what I found interesting that we are at the age now where, um, like, he's listing his influences and he's listing Usher and the dream. <laughs> and it's like, wow. The dream, wow. Like, that sounds wild, we are at the man. age now where the people who were new in the game when we were coming up <laughs> are now yeah. held as influences. I think that's... Pretty amazing, but Cal Dion yeah. is actually um, from oh he's from Connecticut, but he grew up in Coral Springs, Florida, right outside Florida. of uh, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, um, South Florida. Yeah, he's now based in L.A. His dad was a rapper um, in Connecticut. His mom is actually okay. or was a famous Portuguese singer. So music really? has always been in his veins. He actually caught his big break when he worked with Kalani on a mixtape. And then after he worked on his own mixtape, then he was featured on Kali Uch's first album and he uh. toured with Party Next Door in 2016. His debut album's called Sugar and it came out in 2019. I think I heard this song called Hands to Myself. And I was like, I gotta know more about this dude. Not to put anyone yeah. down, but he is what <laughs> I had hoped that um, Daniel Caesar would be. Like mm. that same vibe. I was like, okay, I can rock with wow. it. So that's that's the first thing I thought. His latest album came out um last year, September, is called Sassy. And it's really <laughs> solid. Uh it's it's totally solid. Yeah. Like I, I I enjoy um he has like this this uh like this quirkiness about him that I really enjoy. But on the album yeah. he has collaborations with Carrie Foe, Ja Rule of all people, Channel Trez and Duckworth. Um some of the songs Duckworth, check yeah. out would be Purr money i could be your girlfriend and placebo um dude is great like i said he's what i what i hoped or envisioned um daniel caesar to be but he's actually wow. currently on tour his tour actually starts um on the 15th so by the time you hear this he is on tour okay. he's going coast to coast usa he's going california he's going florida he's going texas he's going chicago he's coming to new york dc and even in Everywhere. canada so if you oh, have a chance, yeah. check out this guy's music, definitely. But if you have a chance to see him on tour, please go because I, I really think like people like this need to be supported. Like he's amazing. Definitely. Like what, what caught my eyes just from scrolling through all the, you know, like new album releases is when I saw the cover when he had the, the super long neck. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what is this? Like it looks so weird. But I'm like, it, it made me listen just on some like, yeah, that was a sugar album. And I yeah. was like, I don't know what I'm looking at, but I'm like, usually when you see some weird artwork, it's usually dope. It's usually yep. creative. Yeah, I, yeah I, so I, that's what I say. He got like this little, like this quirkiness about him. Because when I saw that album cover <laughs> yeah. too, like my first thought was, what is this? And then, you know, yeah. I listened to the whole thing and I was like, oh, dude is dope. I, I really want him to make it. And I, I think that, um, I think that, you know, if he's careful and if he, you know, keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to be one of the people that we're talking about in 10, 20 years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely rock with Kyle. So salute to Kyle Dion right there. So for my pick this week, it's an artist. Her name is Barry. So Barry, mm. um, she, she used to go by Brie Marie a couple years ago. And she's one of those who doesn't have a lot of material out yet. But uh, essentially, I was on title a couple weeks ago, and I'm just going through all the typical new music and track radio based off new stuff. And this song comes in. It's called uh, Paraiso. And it comes in real symphonic. I'm like, all right, I don't know where it's going, but it's catching me. As soon as that beat drops, I'm like, this is different. It <laughs> has a kind of a Brazilian type of vibe to it, kind of like a like a slow down type of like 
salsa feel almost. Like it's kind of hard to explain. It has a, a strong Latin influence, I would say, but it just caught my ear. And it's one of those songs that it's like, I felt like I probably can't play it in the club, but it's a vibe. So I could play it early, at least on some warm up. I started playing it just on some warm up and people walking in. And even from that, the bartender who never ever asked about music walked up like, hey, whose song is this? I'm like, yeah, this song is it's something different to it. So Paraiso is her main song. And from that, it made me kind of go backwards. Like, all right, let me listen to everything that she's made before that. And it's dope seeing the growth from an artist who's been out for maybe three or four years because mm-hmm. where each song I heard before it, like each song was still dope, but it was like, you can tell that she got better and better uh, and found her, her style the last couple of uh, years because the first songs I was hearing, I guess, from her Brie Marie era were more so like kind of the usual, the typical modern trap R&B-ish, the kind of like... I, I take you a dude or this, this and that, or I ain't got time for these dudes. You know, it, it just felt like a more on the summer walker type of vibe, which is all good. And it was still solid. It was still good right. quality. But hearing her with this type of new style, I'm like, this is fire. And it's like, of course, everybody kind of makes fun of like the, the breathe, uh, what do we call them? The breathy type of modern oh, yeah, singers like the with breathy, the kind of high yeah. pitch. Breathy. Yeah. The breathy types. Yeah. And I feel like, like in a sense, she kind of has that because she has kind of a, some of a soft tone, but her voice is strong enough to carry it. So it's not like, and she can actually sing. She has that range. So even on Paraiso, it's like she's actually singing on it. It's not just one of those songs where it's a, a vibe, like we always say. So <laughs> with that, she does actually have a uh, full project from a couple years ago called Nerve. It's an EP. And I think uh, the song before she dropped her uh, most recent one is called Free. But even with Paraiso, she has like an or- orchestral version too, because it's like, the whole song is like a symphony. I don't know if it's really a live orchestra playing or not. It sounds like it though, but she has a version of that where it is. It's all orchestra too. So I'll definitely say uh, check her out. I think that she has some potential. Like I'm, I'm definitely invested now. If you, and I know it's probably kind of hard, but if you had to pick a, um, an artist uh, who she reminds you of, or you can tell that yeah. she's influenced by, like who, like Ooh. who, who, like who, who would we listen to and be like, okay, I can rock with. Yeah. That's crazy because when I was listening to it, it's like the voice and the style sounds familiar, but I think because the production was so different, it's mm. hard for me to really pinpoint. I feel like, um, cause it's definitely, I would say her voice is definitely stronger than like an Amory. Like, <laughs> I think I can see her making similar types of music, but I would say, um, I don't want to say Tweet because Tweet is probably a little bit more soulful. Cause even like what I've heard is not. It's not super soulful mm-hmm. per se, but it's to me it's it's what I look for. It's like it's modern. It's very modern, but still so musical, and that's what we always talk about is missing with that modern music. So it's like that musicality. It, it might be a case where I really can't say that it remind me of anybody because usually whenever I wow. hear somebody, that's the first thing is like, like oh, that sounds like Janae. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like um, even comparing it to like um, what's our girl who um, who dropped um, last year who has songs with Devin Morrison. Um, um, uh, Joyce Rice, Joyce Rice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so Joyce Rice, yeah, Kelly was just, yeah, yeah, right, too. yeah so, so Joyce Rice, like, I feel like, to me, she doesn't sound like Joyce, but I can see them on tour together, if that makes sense. I feel oh, that like makes a, fan of, yeah. a fan of hers would, would rock with Joyce, too. Okay. Yeah, I'll see it that way. No, so. that makes sense. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's better not to automatically remind you of someone else. Sometimes, like, you just got to yeah. be innovative on your own and, you know, yeah. do your own thing, so... I'm going to rock with it. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll definitely rock with her. Once again, her name is Barry, but it's spelled different. It's B-A-I-R-I. And she's from Hershey, Pennsylvania. So, you know. Okay. Hershey Park. East Coast. Yeah. So, 
So at this time, we're going to take a quick little intermission. When we get back, we have a special guest in the building representing that UK. So one of my uh, favorite artists out there that's come from the UK, of course. And then we're going to finish off with a beat match that might make some of y'all mad as always because oh, kind of made me yeah. mad that we even decided to do it. But it's like, hey, look, that's that's where it is at this point. So it's all about elevation. It's never about comparing them to say you got to pick one for real. It's just that's about right. If we had to put them at the same place, you know who would we pick personally. So that's all it's about. So this is Behind the Wheels. We'll be right back. So we are back. This is Behind the Wheels. It's time for the drop. So for this episode, we have a very special guest. So this guest is an artist who's representing London. Born and raised in London, and she's been in America probably since she she found her um, her fame. You know, she she grew up in the 80s out in London. Um, a very dope singer and, and rapper and songwriter, and at this point, actress as well. Um, most of us first heard her when she dropped that song with Kanye called American Boy back in 2008. She's had hits with Sean Paul, with Rick Ross, with everybody in the game, John Legend. I'd like to introduce to you all Miss Estelle. Estelle, what's good? I'm good. How are you? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So to everybody who's tuned in, um, me and Estelle rocked together a couple months ago. We had an HBCU mix I did during homecoming season. So I appreciate you for having me rock with you on there. And thank you very much for coming on to the show with us. Oh, for sure. You did a great job. We loved it. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. So, you. so basically, um, one thing about our podcast, we're always talking about everything with music, past, present, and future. And with me and EB both being like serious R&B and soul hits, mm -hmm. it, it's funny that we always highlight new artists along with throwback artists. And we're always mentioning artists from London. It feels <laughs> like whether it's always. past or present, future, whatever it is, yeah. it always comes up. And th this is really one of my first times ever just having a conversation with somebody who's actually from London. So yeah. I just wanted to get kind of a historical perspective on it. I wanted to just get your input, how I was growing up out there and just like, what's in the water out there? Because I mean, the tap water <laughs> in America is not the best, I'm sure, but whatever y'all have out there is working. So so just to get into it, yeah, just to get into it, um, uh, how was it for you growing up out there and like how was I would say Americans American music's influence to you all to where you are you all were able to kind of flip that and put your own twist on it? Well, you guys influence the world. You know, I think R and B is is particularly an American art form as long as well as hip hop. So you guys start it and you you know, what you do is what you've done is dictate the, you know, the tempos of how it should go. Um, sound vibe and you know and direction and you know I think the rest of the world just does their best to follow that and make it their own but does their best to follow that you know that makes sense that makes sense because I it's it's one of those things where growing up here especially as a kid we didn't have Wikipedia we didn't have anything to even see where artists were from so mm. even hearing hearing Sade and hearing Loose Ends as a kid I had no idea where they were from <laughs> I assume they were from New York or yeah. from L.A., I mean, Sade said coast to coast, L.A. to Chicago. I'm thinking, all right, she from one of those two. So right. that's the way I saw it. But but that does make a lot of sense. So yeah. 
So with that, who are some of your favorite artists uh, growing up from hip hop and and the R and B side? I feel like we got the same artists, you know. Like I love Shadé, I, I love Loose Ends. I also, you know, a little bit more acute for me. I love like artists from the UK, like Kayla LaRock and Shola Armour, as well as you know, as well as Anita Baker and you know Gladys Knight. Not that they're the same age or in the same brackets, but you know, we we had it all, and and we also had our own, you know. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure with that. Because I, I know that uh, one thing that, that I think you all made the biggest mark on was definitely in those late 80s, early 90s with the mm. kind of British soul movement when it was like yeah. the Karen Wheeler, the soul, yeah. soul, soul Mika yeah. Paris era. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely love that. Because EB, I know you, you've always talked about that, how, how it just felt like they had a different type of yeah, perspective I, on things. I, I think it's um, part of the... I would say like the reggae influence. Like if you go back to listening mm. to the Lovers Rock and like you're hearing people like Louisa Mark and mm-hmm. um, Sonya Boyce, and mm-hmm. it's it's that in in London for whatever reason they will take the R and B influence that Americans have created, but they will put a special spin on it. And <laughs> yeah. not only will they put a special spin on it with the reggae. But they also have like this immense appreciation for that I don't think the average listener in America has. Like American listeners, if you look at the charts and you see what's on like the top of the UK charts historically, like going back to the 70s and then what reaches the American charts. People in the UK, it's it's, it's almost like it's like we don't really see the they we don't really see the error. We just like what we like. And. And, exactly, and, and that's the part that influences a lot of um, British singers and British artists. We just like what we like. I was look everybody you've mentioned so far, as far as like mm-hmm. lovers rock and you know just mm-hmm. soul. It's a staples for me. Didn't matter yeah. the genre. Didn't matter where it came from. It just is. You know, it's, like they were really good at what they did, and they sang songs that my little teenage behind <laughs> was, was fast being fast resonated with, right? Um, yeah. And also then I would, but I also love Mary J. Blige and, you know, and Erica. And I also love like the Monifas and I also love like, you know, like, ooh, ooh, I mean, right. But, you know, those groups in total and that era of singer, uh, you know, right next to Evelyn Champagne King. And I love all of it. It was just a good song. It was just about having a good song and approaching it from a place of authenticity. Right. Um, so that was you know that's those are all the influences and that's all you know those are the things i think for us as well our parents were raised in a space where it was like bring your culture more than bring the vibe bring the um bring the present right right? all my parents Mm -hmm. had to come from someplace you know Mm -hmm. and land in the uk right and but you know they brought their music they brought the music that their parents listened to they brought the music that they were growing up listening to and so we in the same way you know we're taught that way. We, we, we listen to what the culture brings us instead of like just the trend, you know, like we listen to the, this, every christening, every get together was this, you know, we're listening to the same thing you're listening to at your mama's, at your mom's at like, you know, the eighties parties, we're listening to D nice on repeat, <laughs> you know, Everything yeah, 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 oh, for sure, for we're listening sure. to that yeah. on repeat. So, you know, it's, just, it's similar in the same way, but then, like you said, we have lovers rock, too, which is mm-hmm. comes from West Indian culture, and you know, and so that's a whole other thing that we have as ours too. You know, as that makes that makes a lot of sense as far as those influences. I didn't realize it until I started traveling to Africa a few years ago mm-hmm. that there's a strong connection between London and especially with Nigeria, oh, yeah. but the entire continent of Africa, and 
is where I realize even when it comes to certain songs, like a lot of songs from America that kind of came and went, or even songs that, that might have been big for a moment, or even like moderate hits mm. got bigger out there in, in London and Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And a lot of songs, as far as DJing-wise, I realize get get a, a great response in London and Nigeria. So I can tell that there's a more direct, I guess, lineage to Africa being a bit closer too. It's wild. And, and the more I'm over here, like there's records that I personally respond to differently when I'm around my friends than my friends respond to. There's records by like Next that like for me are right. like, oh my goodness. If yeah. I hear this record one more time, they're like, what? This is jam? Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, turn this off. I heard it too much growing up. You know, <laughs> turn it like, but like, wow, wow. So huge r&b hits in the uk and but you know here it's kind of like oh, i remember this song that song was fire and i'm like no 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 if i hear that song one more time yeah. to, oh god you know like it, it's just a difference yeah. it's just a, it was just different it's just what it was i think you both had t- uh, touched on something earlier um Estelle, you were saying that you just like what you like in the uk like people just like what they mm-hmm. like and i just feel like american audiences are influenced by what is on the charts, mm-hmm. but UK audiences kind of influence the charts. It's like yeah. that's the difference there. That's so a good quote. A UK artist yeah. will, I mean, I'm not, I'm sorry, a UK listener, the average listener, they will hear something and they will sit with the album yeah. in a way that I don't think we always do. So while we're tired of hearing <laughs> the same thing over and over and over, like in the UK, they've sat with the album. They moved on, so when we hear a song from way back, we'll we'll be the ones that go, "Oh, I haven't heard that in a minute." Yeah, like Estelle just yeah. said, but she's like, "No, we heard this all the time. Like this, it it played on repeat, right. round and round." The quote is like, "It's yeah. never like, oh, that song is kind of like, oh, from that out al- that album, or do you hear so and so's album, right?" Yeah, oh, it's more album. Yeah, based. so you're yeah. listening to the whole thing. Like you're not listening. Like for the most part, you're listening. I mean, songs are songs are songs, right? I know that song, but oh my right. goodness! But then they put, did they put an album yet, or did you hear the whole album? Like it's that's more mm. the direction that the average listener is likely to take than just the song. You know, I guess I can see it that way because um, one thing too, I started listening to. I mean, I've, I've always listened to DJ mixes the last fifteen years. I would say, but. It got to a point maybe eight years ago when I would play like throwback R&B mixes and I could just tell, okay, they're from London because it would be the same exact era of 90s R&B that we listen to here, <laughs> yeah. but the song selection would be so much different. As we said, it would be these throwback tracks and even like it would be a combination. It would be artists who we still listen to, but the songs that we don't play over here, then it would be certain artists that I hadn't heard since since back then. Mm-hmm. And even the tracks that are like the Horace Brown and the Gina Thompson's, yep. You still hear them here and there yeah. in America, but not as much. But out there, they, yeah. They still playing that like on a regular Saturday shopping, like on the radio. <laughs> yeah. But, but not, yeah. not to like date it, but just because it was good music. Yeah. It's good vibes and you want right. to feel good. So the, the DJ will play it, you know, and that's what it is. Yeah, I could definitely see it yeah. that way. So with that, uh, your whole style, I've always been a fan of yours, of course, and Thank played you. so many of your songs. And you always had such a like that perfect kind of blend of you can sing, but going to rapping whenever you want to, <laughs> and what? Yeah, for sure. Like that's something I always picked up. Mm-hmm. Like what? What would you say was your biggest influence with that? As far as like being able to kind of go on both sides of it, saying I'm not strictly a singer or a rapper. Well, I'm I'm firmly in '90s. I was like 10 years old in 1990. So like I was for me at that that era of hip hop where it was rap singing like in a really big way. Like that's that's me as a child. And then you know by the time I hit my late teens learn how existed and was showing us the, the path you know so yeah for me that's that's always been a thing that you should do you should be able to do both equally as good 
but you, you can you mm. can do both you know um and yeah. it shouldn't be a thing it shouldn't be like a you should be scared i should say so like it, it's part of a natural part of me um though if i couldn't sing and if i couldn't rap i would do one or the other like i wouldn't you know i wouldn't try and force it don't get it twisted you wouldn't force it i would not yeah. force yeah, you, it if focused, i couldn't do yeah. both i'm grateful i can but you know yeah for sure i mean definitely something that's always been respected for sure yeah. and speaking of speaking of rap with uh the uk mm. so it's where um so i have a question that's definitely a, a bit off topic but yeah. i'm gonna ask somebody who's from there who can really help me with yeah. it so i'm assuming that you would be familiar with this whole brooklyn new york drill sound <laughs> that kind of came from the pop smoke mm -hmm. and the so, you, mean, you, mean, you yeah. mean from gigs that's, yeah that sound okay like gigs? there we go there we go there we go so yeah. here here, here's where I get confused. So, so I'm not sure if you even know how they title it as Brooklyn Drill, but I don't know. But I, I don't. I'm not mad at it because look, okay. end of the day, hip hop is hip hop is hip hop is made in the U.S. Started off in New York, but it's become something yeah. for the world to see and for the world to have, right? And yes, for once, and and I spoke to someone from another artist from the U.K. And we were talking about this, and he was like, you know what? At least for once, we're influencing the world as far as hip hop. Wow. You know, so I'm. Um, we're not. Sure. No one's mad at it. It sounds good. The vibe is glorious. Yeah. Everyone's in their bag when they hear it and all these TikToks. I like it. I feel like yeah, it's all I over TikTok. Want, I always want gigs to get his props, though. I just always want people to be like, he needs but his that came props. from gigs, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know that came yeah. from. You're right about. <laughs> you're right about it. You know, so you're right because. Yeah. So with gigs, was he? Seen as kind of a forerunner for the the grime sound, yeah. or what he exactly? Was, he was okay. in the middle okay. of like the grime hip hop garage sound. He was banging in the middle of all of it, you know. Um, as an artist, when he, his some of his first records are pure rap, um, and then you know, and then moves around. It's just the tone of his voice and the sound and the intention that makes him, you know, stand out as an artist. I think, but he could literally be whatever yeah. on any record, um, and I love it for him. I think he's, I think it's a good time. Um, oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. he's one of my favorites. No, he's definitely been doing his things. Mm. Uh, the fact that he's got features from Drake and everybody else has yeah. always been dope too. Yeah. So, so because I guess my confusion, so my confusion is as far as the sound itself, because mm. like I always saw that sound as being called grime, as you said, that was grime to mm -hmm. me. So I know that Chicago had what was called the drill yeah. sound with like but isn't, Chief Keith. Isn't that and, like yeah. just a different like flow, a different like uh, a different like cadence more than anything else, like. Chicago to, drill versus to, Brooklyn, yeah. Brooklyn drill. That's to me, it's way different. That's yeah. that's that's where I get confused because to me, it's way different. I feel like drill to me, as far as it's from how, how I heard it, yeah. drill in Chicago, the sound was more so similar to like the the um, the uh, the trap that came in like the the Rick Ross BMF era. Mm -hmm. That kind of I think I big it had that sound to yeah. it. To me, grime had that certain drum pattern to it. That kind of hi hat pattern. Right, right, right. So it's like it sounds like I guess they started calling the modern UK sound drill. Is that what it was? And then I think when New York kind of took that sound, I can't even quantify yeah. what drill means across the world and different to different yeah. different uh, pockets, right? Different cultures per se. Yeah. But I will say that I love that it's it's just a different formation of hip hop, and I think it's just it's just like yeah. hip hop got a, a facelift. You know what I mean? Like, and it I really, love it, and I'm yeah. because then it, it just it just reminds people that no, it, it is a relevant, beautiful art form, and it's not going anywhere. It's just going to keep reinventing <laughs> itself, yeah. and you will live, and you will it's do, real. and you'll be alright with that. 
and we'll be okay. That's real. Across the world, we'll be yeah. fine with it. You know, we'll yeah. vibes to it. Our, our kids will sing it. <laughs> you know, they will. Same way we sing our parents' exactly. music. Yeah, yep. and it is what it is. It's gonna keep on coming. Yeah. It's gonna keep on coming too. So I, I just always want. I, I definitely want to say just. It's always balanced, right? So, like, I just always want real words. Just sometimes real words <laughs> as well. Just, that's definitely, you know, yeah. Put some words to Yeah, it. we need that. Yeah. Just let us understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's it. We just want to understand it. That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Little yeah. bit, A little bit more clarity to it. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah I need that. So, yeah. as far as what, what you're doing, uh, I've seen you, you've been doing everything from film and all over the world. Mm-hmm. So, it's like... Uh, do you have any? Uh, what's the plans as far as making the, another album yeah, or yeah. any project you're working it's on? Yeah, we've all been in the middle okay. of the panoramics, so Uh-oh. you know uh, we have been in it. We've been stuck. <laughs> we've, been, <laughs> we've been in it. We've been stuck in the panoramics, so like you know. And now, of course, yeah. I've been working. Um, but my my standard time between albums are four years, so you know we've been working on cutting okay, that down. Okay. So I think I'm due for another yeah. one to come up soon, but. It's all timing and it's all, you know, the right, you know, when the world's ready for it. Because I'm not just going to throw a record out yeah. just to throw a record out ever. You know, I, I Oh, for sure. That's never, yeah. that's never Thank my you thing. for being one of those artists. Thank you. We, we need more of those who, you release, uh, almost like a shot at, you release a record when you have something to say, <laughs> yes. like something relevant. Exactly. Yeah. Don't don't be on a, you know, a schedule, regularly scheduled nope. album release date every right. two years. Don't because then that's when yeah. the music kind of suffers a little bit. It, it absolutely yeah. suffers. You have nothing to live by. You have nothing to talk about because mm-hmm. you've not been living. And and it works for some artists. Mm-hmm. We care, you know. And some artists, yeah. it's, it's trash. I know for me, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm not going to force it. You know, yeah. but I am soon yeah. gonna put something up. So you know, when it's the right time. You know, I'm definitely looking forward to that. With, with that, uh, uh, what what type of sounds you think you might explore for the next one? I feel Ooh, like I don't know. music has changed so much the last few years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the last record I yeah. put, I yeah. did a whole record yeah. album, and this is the thing I'm yeah. so grateful mm-hmm. for. I could I can do whatever I want whenever I want, and <laughs> and like you know, oh, per se, as far real. as music and as far as genres, I don't have to stick to any any yeah. any vibe or any you know more than just have to make it really good you know and so that's yeah. all i've been that's all i that's all i intend to do is make really good long-lasting great music so you can come back to it you can find it yeah. again you can sample it again you can go back to it like just good music you know like i i don't yeah. i'm grateful i don't have to i you know i don't know that i'd be a good drill artist <laughs> but you know. understood i mean the fact so. the fact that you said is dope because yeah. so many artists say okay drill is hot let's make yeah. a hot drill song i, I don't because think, it, I don't think I need trendy. to do that yeah. i don't think anybody wants to yeah. cares to hear me do that so you know I, i'm grateful yeah. i get to do what i love to do and the sounds that i love to make you know and people love that for sure. and they ask me for that for sure. <laughs> so yeah you know. that's definitely because like, one thing i always call too is like even just in my my, my dj rotation it's like all the songs I play from you sound so much different. It's not like you have like, a, okay, it has to sound a certain way. Yeah. Like, Come Over versus American Boy versus Fall in Love. Yeah. It's like they all, you know, the, the, the Rick Ross, the, uh, you know, Fall in Love. Mm-hmm. It's everything you have. I mean, uh, what was it? Breaking My Heart? Yeah, Break My Heart. Called? Break Rick My Heart. Ross, yeah. Break My Heart. Yeah, it's like they all have different vibes and they, they all go and they all fit in different parts of my set. It's like, all right, we vibing, we upbeat. Let me go American yeah. Boy. But now it's... Let me tone it down. Let's get sexy. Right. I'm dropping that come exactly. over for him. So <laughs> you get it. Yeah, you get it. yeah. I definitely always love that. <laughs> so uh, and sp- yeah. Speaking of that, before we head out, uh, the last thing uh, is me being a DJ. I'm always curious. Yeah. Um, what songs that you heard a lot in the UK or that you still hear in the UK at the club or at parties 
do you not hear in America that you wish you did uh, hear? Because I'm always curious what what, songs? what works better. I'm always yeah. like, I'm always trying to like get when I whenever I've been outside like free panoramics. I'm always like, yeah, man, I there's like a whole bunch of like uh, garage house and garage um, dubstep records that I always want to want DJs to play, mm. and I lose my mind. Like they might play like I don't know. Like, I always want to hear jungle music. Jungle is like drum and bass. Really? Jungle yeah. is drum and bass, right? I always want to hear some drum and bass. I always want to hear some, like, house and garage, but, like, the deep cuts that no one... Have, you know, I want to play here a Kelly the Rock uh, version, like, remix version of My Love. Mm. Like, just, you know, Shola uh, yeah. Imagine if I tell you that I love you. Like, just different, like, yeah. songs that, for me, were my summertime, were my, like, bank holiday parties and, you know... I, we never hear them here mm. because they, they never came here, right? Specific yeah, sound. that's the thing. Yeah, but those kinds of records, I'm always yeah. like, yo, I have a, I have a playlist that, um, that will go up that we're doing on the show in a couple of weeks, and it's just full of that music. Really? Yeah, I'm very excited about this one. I need yeah. that. Soon as you drop that, I'm, I'm on <laughs> I it. I, I need to see all those songs. Yeah, because yeah, I, because that's one thing that's fascinating too. I feel like a lot of times when you you have certain crowds in America that we might like different uh, decades of rap and R&B, mm-hmm. but it's still mainly. If it's a black crowd, it's mainly rap and R&B. Yeah. You might hear a little bit of some pop. Maybe rock is a novelty song, is a joke right. almost. But for y'all out there, y'all have so many different genres that y'all rock with. Of course, we rock with reggae, Afro yeah, beats yeah, too. Yeah, but sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. But y'all have well, some yeah. Estelle, let me ask you this because because we do mention artists from the UK on here um, a lot, mm-hmm. like a lot. Who are some of the younger artists, some of the newer artists that may not be as well known right. yet, but you you want to put us well, on too because we we need something you know, else. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. give because I hate to like say the one and then like they don't blow up, but like there's somebody who she's doing her thing and she's putting okay. the work in, and I see her moving mm-hmm. and she's and she's done arguably incredible. Um, I always like to give it give love to Tiana Major Light Major Nine because I remember okay, like, yeah, okay years, yeah. I remember yeah. like one say 2018. I remember listening to mm-hmm. her on a playlist that was like the Queens of the UK, right? And she was one of the younger mm-hmm. ones. And I remember just listening to her voice going, all right now, like she's out here giving them, giving yeah. them some fever. She sound good, you know? Yeah. And, um, to watch she has her range. Have, yeah, she, she has a beautiful tone, right? And so to watch her, like, and hear, hear shades of Marsha, hear shades of myself and, you know, in her tone and in her voice and her approach, mm. it makes me proud. It makes me happy. It makes me feel like, yeah, 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 we're in the right direction. We're good. We're good. We're good now. We're good, you know? So I was gonna give love yeah. to Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening um to I think it's called Silly Games. Mm-hmm. Um yep. maybe maybe a week or two ago, like on repeat, yep. just because it just caught me off guard. Yeah. Um it and it has to be a beautiful thing to to be, you know, as celebrated as you are and in the industry for as long as you have where you start seeing your influence and hearing your Look, I was influenced by artists. Louisa March. She was absolutely one of the aunties that would come around for, you know, yeah. my dad worked wow. on her records growing up and I find this out years later. Wow, and I really? was influenced by her and like Marsha Griffiths and, you know, Carol Thompson mm-hmm. my whole yeah. life. So, and the fact that there's, you know, other than Louisa, they're still here. They know who I am. It freaks here. me out. Yeah. So, I give, wow. I it's crazy. I always give props. I always give like love because, end of the day we're all just we're all just redoing each other's records <laughs> you know we're all just we're all just influenced I mean, by that, each but that's, other that's music yeah. we're all just influenced by each other trying to you know impress our people and tell our people we love them so you know that's it mm. yeah 
that's how it evolves mm-hmm. too. I feel like it just kind of grows from, mm-hmm. from uh, generation yeah, to look, generation. You, you gave that, me Sade so. props. Yeah. Who do I think I am right now? I'm about to go and just, you yeah. know, like, Hey, it's no, it's facts. I mean, the thing is, like, even if you if you just do a Google search on on uh, British artists, mm-hmm. like, you pop up right there at the top. <laughs> of them. So yeah. it's like yeah. that's that's something that's just that's all facts. So so um yeah. So are you are you based in L.A. Yeah, now or where are you I'm based, based in at? L.A. The sunshine. Okay. I mean, the sunshine. Okay, you love I it, don't love you? It. It's hey. a glorious time. It's yeah, a good time. Are we trying. Yeah. We're trying to get EB out here. He, he's out there uh, in New York. Yeah, he's out there in just, that freezing just going, cold. Just giving, so. just giving, sir. Just come on over. Estelle, I mean, listen, it, <laughs> I, it's it, it's beautiful in theory, but I'm gonna miss the East Coast. You know what? I, I, here's here's my here's my here's yeah. my pitch. It's lovely. Yeah. It, it is easier on your body. It is not that far away if you need a little East Coast energy to dip back and then just come back to the sun yeah. and just take it easier on your body. I don't know how old you are. But I'm yeah. telling you, like, after some point, you're going to be like, ooh, the sunshine every day. This is a good time. <laughs> it, it does so for your soul, it doesn't does. it? Okay, it does. well. You wake yeah. up and you're like, it does. Well, the sun's in the sky. Oh, my goodness. This is glorious. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Estelle might have, she might have influenced <laughs> I sure didn't. He's staying in me. Go He's ahead and go. till I die. Brooklyn, where? I don't know. Harlem. Well, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. But, you know, at least for another year. <laughs> <laughs> another year. Something like it. So, yeah. yeah. Yep, and before we head out, I have to say one one quick thing. You you like the only artist to ever give props to Short Man because your very first major hit song you came out saying, "I'm at this five foot seven guy that's my type." I said I could put on some timbal some Timberlands. I'll I'll be five seven oh, real quick. So yo. when I heard that bar, I was like, "Yo, okay, like who is this?" You had to, you know. Somebody got to hold us down oh, out here, God. you know. So wow. yeah, but no, no, I appreciate you a whole a whole oh, lot. So. <laughs> Thank you a lot for coming coming on with us. Um, Larry, yeah. he's like, oh, listen, <laughs> you know Estelle, listen, because you know, because I, I'm a man of a certain height, and my height isn't that is not that yeah. much taller. Okay. But um, just the way he said it and your reaction, take me out of here, take hey, me Larry, out of here. I heard that. I said, okay, five percent. All right, I might, I might, reach, I might reach that in a couple oh, months. God. You know, so. <laughs> No, I appreciate your whole life. So let everybody know um, where to find you. Let them know everything you have going on. Listen, I know you have the, show, the Apple yeah. show. And Listen, look. just come find yeah. us on the Apple Music Show, um, apple.co forward slash the Estelle Show. If you go to at Estelle Darlings or you go to at the Estelle Show on Instagram, everywhere. That's where you find all the things. Okay. Yeah. Okay, definitely. And please keep on, keep everything uh, going and... Hopefully, when this panoramic is something close to over, it might not be over, over. But whenever you feel safe enough, if you want to come All hang right. out, and I'll drop some some uh, drum and bass for you, I'll drop whatever nah, it is just listen. to make you feel at I home. Yeah, I'll come. To, I'll come to All LA. Right, for that. Okay. Yeah, it's for sure. There you go. Yeah. Yep. There it is. So uh, we appreciate you a whole lot, and keep on doing what Thank you, you do for sure. Once again, we're so grateful to have Estelle on our show. Um, that was dope right there. So y'all make sure to keep in touch and follow Estelle with everything she has going on. So at this time, hey, EB. What's up? It's, How you it's doing? Time. It's I'm I'm nervous. It is that time. So as you all know, anyone who who's a long-term listener, it's almost a running joke. One of our few running jokes at this point that when it comes to these beat matches, it's always hard for us to even figure out who to put side by side. So I know that... Uh, both of us have agreed that uh, it's time to, you know, compete, you know, put some of the 
the ladies of rap, you know, head to head. So with this one, it was hard to even figure out how to do it because I feel like depending on what the parameters are, one artist easily wins. But if you can kind of limit the parameters to a certain extent, it might be even. So with this one, we're gonna do Missy Elliott versus Lil' Kim. And with that, right. basically you gotta do Missy minus the production. Yeah, we Just have, to, to, make we have to have guidelines for this. We couldn't yeah. do any production. Yeah. We, can, we can do the singing. We can't do writing We can include Missy's singing. We can, yeah. we can include Missy's singing, but I think if we go production, you gotta put Missy right next to Pharrell, right next to anybody else at that level. Like, it's, it's, it's unfair. One of the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. So between Missy, Missy with her features, her albums, her, her uh, you know, album cuts, her hits, same, you know, going against uh, Lil' Kim. Who would you pick if you had to go, you know, pick between the two? I love Missy um, because, you know, she has an innovative spirit, but I'm nasty. So <laughs> I got to go with Lil' right. Kim. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I, I mean, for all of y'all freaks out there, you know, Kim, Kim kept it the freakiest. Like, like Missy, you know, Missy kind of keep it a little bit PG-13. She shaved her cho-cha, but she never said she used to be scared of the... But she had some stuff too. She had some. Yeah, she, she had, had her she, moments. She got nasty too. She, she still had her nasty. moments. Yeah, but yeah. y'all know I'm Team Missy with this one, so we gotta rock with with Missy. Even minus the production, I'm still going Missy. So with this, we have our two producers, Melissa and the lady. They will be the ones who judge and say who they think comes out on top. If we had to compare uh, Missy and Lil Kim in a versus type of uh, situation, once again minus. Missy's songwriting and production credit. We, we're just going to do the songs that she's rapping and singing on. So with that, EB, I will let you go ahead and go first. Each of us get three minutes to uh, have our initial debate. Then we get two rebuttals. And then the uh, jurors uh, will make their decision. All right. Let's 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 do this. Um, when you think of all of the the women in hip-hop today... Like the Cardi B's, Meg Thee Stallion, Cash Doll, Nicki Minaj, um, even the City Girls. Like, they nasty. They nasty because Lil' Kim was nasty. And that was one of her greatest contributions to uh, music was she normalized women owning their sexuality. Like, yeah. before her, um, women in hip-hop had a, had a very different... Um, public image you know everybody was one of the boys everybody was hard everybody was in baggy jeans uh or everybody was talking about um they were like in crews with men but yeah. they were just one of the boys Lil kim also was in a crew with men junior mafia but she stood out because of that sex appeal sex appeal so large that people started calling her the black madonna <laughs> um you know she changed the game in that way i don't think Missy should be discounted at all because Missy is definitely, you know, just as uh, sexual as Kim is. But Lil' Kim made it cool. Like, she marketed it. Like, she had um, Millie Jackson, you know, coming yeah. and uh, she, you know, talking about how <laughs> nasty she was. And that, you know, for Millie uh, Jackson to Millie say Jackson. you nasty, you know, that's that's real some, that's some real shit. Um Lil' Kim just, like, changed the game. You know, she was 19 when Junior Mafia dropped their debut. Um, and she kept up with this crew of men. And Biggie, one of the greatest of all time, she was able to keep up with them. And I think she has such a distinct um, tone 
when she's rapping and we talk a, a lot about how the rap voice is different from the speaking voice sometimes and she's definitely the prime example of that like she commands a record when she's on it and not even her own records but if she's on a record by someone else she automatically becomes the star of the record like the song is hers she is to hip-hop what somebody like Mary J. Blige is to R&B. She is to hip-hop what somebody like Kirk Franklin is to gospel. Like, they have this ability to take over whatever they put their mind to, whatever they attach themselves to. Um, and, you know, her image is only part of her. I think, you know, outside of the image, she also is incredibly talented. So I got to roll with my girl, Kim. It's understood. I mean, of course, I salute Kim. I'm always playing some Lil' Kim songs. I mean, Shall I Proceed? Yes, indeed. Classic. But uh, when it comes to just overall Missy, I feel like, so it, it, it kind of shows two sides of the, of the uh, two opposite sides of the same coin is where I feel like Lil' Kim's lineage has definitely seen the most because, as you said, Nicki and everybody else took the most influence from her, even when it comes to their image, to the, the way that they talk about their sexuality and owning it and, you know, kind of giving women bars to rap along to. But on the flip side with Missy, you can't really imitate Missy without being a blatant biter. I feel like Missy was so much different. She was so transcendent that if, if somebody was trying to imitate Missy's flow, her her even her videos, her character, her sense of humor, it's almost like you're biting because it's like you can't do what she does. And I feel like it's probably a case of like, we know sex sells, but what Missy does, it was so unique that Nobody can duplicate that. And I'm sure it's probably been uh, rappers, male and female, who've tried to imitate that. But it's it's difficult because because of how unique she is. And with that, she can rap, rap right along with whoever it is. So whatever feature that you throw her on, it could be next to anybody. It could be next to Jay-Z. It could be next to Method Man, Eminem. Whoever it is, it's never a single time where you're like, she didn't deserve to be on that song or she got killed on that song. She always held her own. But on the flip side, she can sing. And she can sing next to the best of them. And I feel like with Missy, it's the same thing. Whatever you um, put her on a song with, with a, a, a singer, male or female, whoever it is, whether it's a tweet, whether it's a, a total, whoever it is, she can sing right next to them. And, you know, it, it always works. She has her distinct voice, her distinct style. And she was able to kind of merge and walk that line. Like, it was dope that we just had Estelle on because I feel like even Estelle might come from that lineage that uh, along with Missy and, um, of course, Lauren Hill as well. But I feel like... Missy did it in a much more kind of playful way, but like she can kind of go wherever she needed to go. She wasn't as serious as Lauren Hill was when she was rapping. So she can kind of go sexual when she needed to, but just having fun with it as well. So with that, I feel like um, Missy was just, she was the type of rapper that when she came out, it was just, everybody was talking about it. Like when we first saw that video for I Can't Stand the Rain, it was like, who is this? Like, who is this out here with some like big garbage um, garbage bags? And the thing that's that's so hilarious, but dope, 20, 25 years later, my boy DJ Play from FAMU, he just went super viral because he has a video imitating what Missy did. Like he walks through his living room with, with big black uh, garbage bags on and he's rapping the ring. And it just shows her influence. So 25 years later, you still have people who were probably like kids, probably two or three years old back when she she dropped that, still imitating what she did. And it's like everything from just her signature quirkiness. Like I feel like she always had that that nobody could take away from her. And I always like the fact that with her, she can kind of go wherever she needed to go on any different type of tempo. Like whenever you saw her videos, I still remember the first time I saw the video for uh, Get Your Freak On. Just hearing that beat was like, oh, it's, cra it's crazy. Timbaland gave her some heat and she laced it. Just the flow was just so perfect. And the way she 
she's so animated. Just the way quiet, like everything, the way her songs are structured is so dope. You just know what's coming up. Holla, like her, her structure is so fire. You watching the video, next thing you know, it's a whole new song. And now it's Lick Shots. And this comes on and I'm like, this is a whole different beat. Whole different style of everything. It's a, a 61 BPM versus 90, which is really polar opposite because that's 30 BPM away. And she rides that even harder. And I'm like, she is crazy talented with that. So I feel like when it just comes to the diversity of what Missy can do, I've never heard a beat that she can't rap to. She can rap to the slowest of slow jams, whether she's rapping to it or singing to it. She can sing to a fast song or rap to it. I feel like she can do whatever it is that you throw at her. So that's why I have to, I have to ride with Missy for that. I hate how you're trying to discount um, Kim. Like, y'all ain't hear her singing on Body Kiss with the Osley Brothers. <laughs> like, Kim got a song with the Osley Brothers. So I'm just going to put that, that out was, there. That was cute. It you know, was she cute. got a song with you the Osley Brothers. She was she was singing. Um, mm -hmm. But you, you were saying, um, shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. Like, Kim has so many classic one-liners that have come such a big part of, like, the culture. Like, uh, you want to rumble with the B, you know, or... Um, Tanisha and Rhonda, you know, like Kim has always yeah. been that girl. Hey, wait a minute. Ain't that Brandy's brother? Like <laughs> Kim, Kim has always been that girl yeah. who, whatever she does, she sets the trends and she's never followed them. And I think that's one of the things that I've loved about her that I've always set her apart. Um, I was mentioning earlier how, you know, even on a track with multiple people, she will always stand out like all about the Benjamins or you want to go to um, Mob Deep's uh, Quiet Storm remix, like how she kind of took that over. Um, you can go to Mary J. Blige's I Can Love You, how Kim is like, you know, it's Mary's song, but Kim really brought it home, like visual in the video and, you know, her rap um, on the song. And then the Crush On You video, like Kim was the first time that I remember seeing a woman and I did not realize that I was looking at the same woman because I remember oh, every wow. magazine cover I looked at, she always looked different to me. And then when yeah. I saw the Crushing You video and she had like the different wigs and the color scheme, like that's something that only Kim could pull off in that time. And we're still seeing that today. Like we're still seeing people want to do the hardcore album cover or her signature pose when she's squatting because that is just like how strongly she took the industry by storm and not only that but she had all these young girls out here wanting to be her and there's never been another her um she's worked with missy her and missy did um the uh -huh. night tonight um yeah. yeah they did not tonight um which which was great but i think kim always stands out you know when she did magic stick with uh 50 cent um or when she did lighters up after getting out of prison like she will come back each time you discount her, even like the Keisha Cole song, uh, Let, it, Let go. it Go. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Let it go. Yep. I mean, speaking of Tanisha and Rhonda, I seen them at the swap meet last week. They still doing good. <laughs> they out here doing good with it. They was at the Slauson. They made a trip to LA real quick for Super Bowl. But but anyway, yeah. So I mean I definitely get it. I feel like Kim definitely has those those standout verses. I think uh what it is with Missy is that she can figure out a way to rock on any track. So when it is those feature those features that she has, it's like whether she's gonna rap or sing it, it's still gonna stand out. So it's like you, you give her something like with um like the one two step Sierra. It's like we love the way Sierra comes off, and then then uh, Missy drops that verse at the end, and it's like you can't cut that song off before Missy's verse. And then you have a song like Lights Camera Action Remix where it's different rappers on there. But I feel like like her verse might be the standout because of the, the way that she can incorporate that singing. She's a type that can she rap those bars, but then she'll she'll just start singing some. 
I keep all dogs trained. And it's like, all right. So she's always, always been dope for doing things like that. And when it comes to just the way, I always say one thing about Missy is that she's one of the greatest alley-oop setup artists ever. It's like she can just talk before the song comes on or, you know, even the whole joke, the joke about if she says your name with new next to it, you know it's going to be a hit. New Monica, you know, new Keisha, whatever it is, you know it's going to be a hit. I feel like she has these signature moments that are just like, it's so simple, but it's so unique because of the way that she kind of brings her personality to it. And I just love the way that she works on each and every song that she's on. I feel like whenever I hear songs like, even like I'm Really Hot, I'm Really Hot was one of those songs that you don't hear as much anymore. But the fact that she was the first one to really bring like, L.A. crumping and clown dancing to a, to a music video. She's always been innovative with that. She's always been able to be a, a trendsetter when it comes to doing those videos. And I feel like I would say with that, only Buster Rhymes is ahead of her when it comes to doing those videos. I would say her and Ludacris are probably right uh, next to that. And I'll put her above, above Ludacris when it comes to those videos. I feel like I would say all of her singles had some crazy videos. I don't think she really had anything normal. I mean, she had she imitated Mega Man on Socket to me. I'm, I, who would even think about putting Mega Man in it? It looked better than the video game. So, yo, okay, yeah, <laughs> no, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um, <laughs> Kim came from a crew like with Junior Mafia. She had Players Anthem. She had Get Money, and she had I Need You Tonight. And she stood out in this crew and became Lil Kim. Like no one else from Junior Mafia has had as has had as much success or even the longevity that Kim has been able to enjoy. Um, I remember when uh, La Bella Mafia dropped, and I think that was right before she went to jail. And it was once again, I think that's album number three, once again, Kim completely reinventing herself. And then I remember by actually buying the Notorious K.I.M. I remember the day I bought it, listening to the album. And then let me just say, Kim and Missy are friends. So that's, that's why yeah. this is okay. But just seeing like, the making of the video and you see Kim and Mary and Missy and they drunk off they ass, <laughs> but they having a good time. Yeah. I mean, they, it's always funny seeing that friendship and yeah. So overall, I feel like if you compare the two, if you're just taking songs, like I just think Missy has more songs overall that really have the impact. Like Kim has those verses, but I feel like if you're just talking about the songs from the singles to everything from the nobody's perfect, J Cole's to the heartbreaker remix with Mariah to the, of course, they both had Let It Go, Ladies Night, but the Gina Thompson, The Things You Do, the SWV, Can We, The Total, What About Us, and Tripping. Uh, then she has her album, Cuts Like Pussycat. She has all those hit singles to work it. We still trying to figure out what she's saying in reverse. You know that? I know what it is, but, you know, it took us years to figure out what she's saying in reverse. She had everything from Lose Control, which is like a dance a dance routine staple. She had the Beat Me 911, which is just such a vibe. She had the She's a Bitch, the All In My Grill. Hot Boys Remix was one of the biggest songs of 99. That song still goes so hard. And, of course, Get Your Freak On, still still play all the time. One Minute Man, and that's about it. I mean, I could keep going, but the bell stopped me. So at this time, um, I will bring our producers up. So for, you know, as, as always, we know that Mrs. Naledi over here has some experience seeing them in concerts. So I wonder how that's going to play into it, because I feel like Missy, when it comes to that live performance, you know, she rocks it. But let's see whatever um yeah this one was was ridiculous and yeah i don't know it was really hard i, I and i definitely have seen low kim i saw her first so yeah um, you're too young too young to be seeing somebody talk about uh putting lips listen, on it but, you know but you're too young adult, i understood as an adult 
Oh, and then okay. I saw the Bad Boy okay. reunion, so you know everybody experienced that together. Um, we did. I would say, well, short answer is I think this is a tie, and it's because Lil Kim still was like my favorite female rapper, but and I think she was super innovative at her time. Her videos at the time, her verses are all stand out, and those are those are the arguments that were made. And then with Missy, it was the same thing in terms of like innovative when she came out and being a standout on songs and videos but with missy she's um oh you can't mention the songs and compare them and then say but missy has all this different song structure i'm like because she's this amazing producer and kim really isn't and i'm like i just can't compare them i feel like they both are amazing at what they do i love their friendship i love their songs um but i don't I don't think I would even select between the two of them. Understood, understood. All right. Well, uh, Mrs. Melissa, uh, who would you choose if you had Y'all, to? Y'all, this was, I think this might be the most <laughs> difficult one that has been just because they're so different. But, um, you know, Lil' Kim laid the groundwork for what a lot of female rappers are doing right now. And Missy Elliott, like, all her songs they sound like they could be released today and they would still sound new um and i just i don't know i was sitting here i was so engrossed in this i don't i don't know it's a it's a tie i hit the mic understood yeah i mean it's one of those it's yeah it's almost impossible to say i mean it really depends on what you value more that's the way i see it so you know what that means to all of our listeners hashtag us behind the wheels pod let us know if you just had to pick. If somebody had had a um, you know, a knife to your throat, a gun to your head, or something violent like that, you know, if they just forced you to, who would so you go violent. with? Why they can't I'm just violent. be in the club and they want the first song that come on is the one they like? Why we gotta threaten their lives? I'm just saying because then they're gonna say it's a tie. You know, we got we gotta force them to like let right, let us right. know. So you feel me? I mean, I feel like funny enough. I'm gonna say it. If Nicki Minaj fans hear this, they're all gonna vote for Missy just cause. Well, you know they how... probably will, and we appreciate yeah. the barbs who uh, listen and subscribe. So, yeah. whatever. Yeah, all all the barbs salute to y'all. You know, we love Nicki Minaj though. We love Nicki. Minaj. We love Nicki Minaj. So yeah, yeah. So. We <laughs> <laughs> no. we love Nicki Minaj. <laughs> anybody who anybody who don't know about the barbs, they're the craziest stands in in the world on Twitter, but. I actually do rock with Nikki for real, but her her yeah. stands just take it to a, a next next level. It's like I feel like there's just no nuance with them. I feel like I could say Nikki was dope uh, when she dropped this. They'll say she's still dope. What are you talking about? And next thing you know, it's the hundred people in my mentions. Like they they're yeah. insane, but I love it. It's it's hilarious. It's to happened me. to me a lot. So yeah. I don't I don't speak unless I'm saying something positive. And we <laughs> love we hear it behind the the wheels. We love Nicki Minaj. Oh, we Nika. actually gonna have her on. Yeah, we're going to find her. We're going to figure out a way to get her on here. I don't, I don't care if she don't know it. I might just chop up some interview clips from YouTube and make it sound like she's in here with us. But we're going to make it work somehow. Very possible, too. <laughs> we're going to get her on here somehow. So, no, we appreciate y'all for being tuned in. Once again, thank you to Estelle for coming and joining us. Um, yeah. uh, please rate and review us on Apple and Spotify Podcasts. We also have a playlist for you on Spotify that, you know, has all the artists that we mentioned, past, present, and future on there. And, um... Also, send us an email if you have any suggestions for any of our future drops, rewinds, fast forward, or beat match segments. 
Email us at behindthewheelspod at gmail.com. And we will see you all soon. Before we head out, uh, EB, where can they find you at? Yeah, you can find me anywhere on social media at EB for Prez. That's EB, the number four, and Prez is P-R-E-Z. So Eric B for president. There it goes. And I am at DJRTISTIC on Instagram and Twitter. And I feel proud of myself for the most basic reason. I finally got a link tree. I got a link tree. So if you go hey. to my, you click that website underneath my bio. We don't my, have to no more. You man. ain't got to search. Yep. You can get to everything. My Twitch, my my website, my mixes, my party ticket sales. You know, I finally grew up last night. You know, it took me a couple months to catch up with the times. but I'm glad you yeah. arrived, though. I'm glad right. you arrived. I made it. Mama, we made it. So, you know, we're here. So we appreciate y'all for being tuned in. We will see y'all next time. Artistic out. We out. Behind the Wheels is produced by Melissa D. Montz and the Lady Set. And the music is provided by Epidemic Sound.